everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Allison. And my name's Mike. Hello, Mike. Hey, sweetheart. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How are you? Good, good. Uh, besides the microphone being too close to your mouth? Yeah. You had to you adjust know, a little bit. I'm just getting situated. Well, you always get nervous. I so get nervous. so nervous. Um, it is different how we used to be, like, really nervous to start this thing, but now kind of, I think we might be in the groove after, like, 80 or 90 episodes. Yeah, I'd say so. We're in the groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how's uh, the week been going? It's been productive. Just got a lot going on this month, so... Yeah, you're ready to have, like, an anxiety attack, I think. I feel one coming on. No, no? not at all. Okay. I'm pretty darn calm, so shows how much you know me. Yeah, I don't really know you anymore. We got to talk about that probably after the show. <laughs> you don't know me. Um. So, yeah, tomorrow's Mother's Day. We're recording this a day early, yeah. so happy Mother's Day to all you mamas out there. And you're realizing that we're, go- you're- we're going on a vacation at some point for the summer with the kids, so you're like, okay, how many p- episodes do we have to record to make sure that we don't miss? because we want to make sure we come out with a new one every Sunday. Yeah. And then a new one for our patrons every other Wednesday. Yes, we so, got a lot coming up. So yeah. we will be pre-recording. So if by chance we get new patrons and we don't mention names, that's why. But eventually we will catch up and, and do so. Yeah, we'll get you. Don't worry. How's everything with you? Uh, good, good. Just want to brag on our son really quickly if I could. Okay. And by brag, I, like I, mean, it. I mean make fun of. Oh. So yeah, um, we went to <laughs> Chipotle the other day. And uh, keep in mind, our son is in Spanish 3. So uh, he's in middle school. He's taken three years of Spanish. This means he doesn't have to take any additional years of foreign language in high school here in America. So he's all done with it after this year. And he's going to get like a C probably, which is fine. Just get through it. And uh, so he's he's done th- three years. You think he'd know enough, right? So we go into Chipotle to get some lunch the other day. And uh, he's like, uh, Dad, what does uh, queso blanco? Oh, Lord almighty. And I was like, Cam, did you just ask me that? And he's like, what? I'm like, it's white cheese, man. You, like, you haven't even taken a, a day of Spanish, and you know what queso blanco right. is. I mean, just being alive around people that speak Spanish, I mean, generally, I, I don't know. It's not, We're not like in a Spanish town or anything. What has he been doing in that class? That's what I was wondering. I told some of his baseball coaches, and they're like, uh, good old Cam. <laughs> Cameron. So, and he's it's the weirdest thing he's like i know how to write it well but i just don't know how to like understand it i'm like what that doesn't make that any makes sense. no sense he's like i know for a fact the kid definitely cheats on his homework because I, I see him looking you know with google translate and on the sheet and everything and it's just like writing it down I, whatever whatever you do to need to need to do to get through it that's what do fine. they say c's get degrees yeah that's fine and uh you know like i took Which, german for two or three years i don't know german you know yeah but, well i mean we do live in florida so there are you know a larger population of people that speak spanish sure and it would be helpful absolutely so it's like you're in the class why not take advantage of learning why not apply yourself no yeah so queso blanco white cheese folks for those yeah. that, in case you've taken three years of spanish and don't know what that means now you know now i did take four years in high school and because it's one of those things if you don't use it you're gonna lose it sure so i did i i know very little spanish at this point i wish i did it would be super handy yeah i mean i think that's pretty common yeah that's fine but well, uh that's our boy our but, son he's a piece of work yeah anything else going on this week no no just getting ready for mother's day and hopefully you're kind to me tomorrow yeah hopefully we'll see um did you want any gifts this year it would be kind of nice i I won't say no i gifted you with children i gifted you with my seed oh yeah you really tried hard there i mean that was a lot of work on your part good five to seven minutes (laughs) Uh, maybe well probably one of them was less i would say (laughs) But uh, yeah, we don't want to get into oh, that too I'm a much. lucky lady. Hey, but I want to say um, thank you for listening. And if you like what you're hearing, then um, go ahead and tell your friends and family this Sunday while you're around the, the Mother's Day table. 
and saying, yeah, while you're drinking your coffee, be like, speaking of coffee, this crime and coffee couple, they're pretty okay. Give them a listen. Um, I want to say thanks to any of your reviews. Uh, this one's from Apple. Um, it says, great host with amazing personalities. I found you guys when I was listening to Murder With My Husband as you came up as a recommendation. I was hooked from the beginning. Allison and Mike, you remind me of my boyfriend and I. Have me chuckling to myself at work like a crazy person. The way you both present each victim's stories with uh, respect and thorough research shows you two care about this podcast. Uh, Allison does for sure. I care about the podcast being quality, um, but as far as like research, man, you are like second to none. So well, thank you. Keep up the great work and don't listen to negative reviews. Everyone's going to have haters. It's like that's when you know you're arrived when you have some haters. Yeah, so. I mean, it's just part of the the deal. Yeah. Everyone's got an opinion. Yep, uh, like assholes. Like an like an a hole. We I, all have everybody one. Everybody has them. Yeah, yep. they all stink. <laughs> and the ones that are very outspoken tend to be the more negative ones yeah but we don't get a ton of those thank yeah goodness. thank goodness so we, we've got a little like support group of uh, some podcasts that are pretty cool yeah so, um, for sure yeah so anything else going on no i think we're ready to jump into this okay well thanks for listening and uh here's this week's story so this story is very new this just happened this week so i wanted to jump on it we also had after i was done with my research you texted me a listener suggestion i think it was melissa and i hope i'm not wrong i was walking rushing through the halls at work when I saw your text. So I hope I'm right in that. But um, I do appreciate the suggestion. I already had it going. But yeah, this is kind of a big deal. Because like I said, this all dropped this week. I made sure to tell the person that suggested that you were working on it yeah. already. So I said, make sure to listen this Sunday. But again, appreciate and it. And again, I get pushed another week because, oh, Elson's got a new story. Yeah, because again, it is a it's brand timely. new thing. So sure. you'll you'll be coming up soon. So this is the murder of Eric Richens. So about a decade ago or so, Corey Darden was working at Home Depot alongside her co-worker, Linda King. So Linda noticed that there was a little attraction that she saw between um, Corey and a, one of her favorite customers, Eric. He, she took notice in the fact that Eric had noticed Corey. And they were around the same age, and she thought she'd play a little game of matchmaker. So she sent Eric Richens over to Corey's register and... They headed off. They started talking. They set up a date. And the rest really was history. Corey is a female? Corey is a female. And it's actually, she spells her name very interesting. It's K-O-U-R-I. Oh, interesting. Which I've never seen that before, but... Um, so she set Eric, sent Eric over to Corey's register. They started chatting. They set up a date. And Linda said from here on out, they were basically glued to each other. She felt truly that they were the perfect match. So now we're moving forward to March of 2022, a little over a year ago. 33-year-old Corey was working as a real estate agent, and 39-year-old Eric Richens owned a successful stonemasonry business. The couple had been married at this point for nine years. They had three sons together. So I guess it went pretty well. It went well, yes. So they had their three kids. They lived in the small mountain town of Camas, Utah, near Park City. It was, I mean, it's just beautiful. The mountains are just incredible. Um, obligatory, are they Mormon? Uh, Eric definitely was raised in the LDS. I did not, there's not a whole lot about Corey's background. Okay. So, um, you know, they, they are building their life together. Corey said, um, that on the night of March 3rd, 2022, that she and Eric were celebrating the closing of a house for her business. It was about 9 p.m., and she had made her husband a Moscow mule in her kitchen, and Eric took the drink upstairs. He was going to drink it while relaxing in bed. She said that she went to sleep with one of her children. I guess they had had a night terror that night. So she left her phone in the bedroom. It was plugged in and charging on her bedside table. She said she came back to her bedroom, obviously her and her husband's bedroom, and she 
saw her husband laying on the floor. She ran to him, and when she touched him, he felt cold to the touch. Wow, so he must have been gone for a while. Yes. So she called 911. So now we're on the early morning hours of March 4th, 2022. It's about 3.22 a.m. Summit County Sheriff's Department and EMS responded to the Richens' home. When they arrived, they found Eric on the floor at the foot of the bed. When the officers arrived, Corey told them that she had tried performing CPR on her husband. They were kind of looking at each other, questioning the accuracy of what she was saying, because when they approached him, he had copious amounts of blood coming out of his mouth. So they were doubtful that she had actually done CPR Hmm. or tried. So she told them that in addition to the drink that she had made her husband, he had also taken a THC gummy that night. Emergency workers attempted resuscitation, but it was clear that Eric had already passed and he was sadly pronounced dead that Mm. night or morning, I should say. So according to Eric's obituary, he was born on May 13th, 1982, and we're actually recording this episode a day early. So as I speak, it is May 13th. So today is what would be or what would have been Eric's 41st birthday. It's Mm. just so sad. So he was born on May 13th, 1982 to parents Jean and Linda Richens. He was born in Bountiful, Utah. And Eric came from a very prominent family in the Summit County area. I guess some of the buildings are named after people in his family. So they were a big deal. So his world revolved around his family, his love of hunting, his family cattle ranch business, and his incredible drive as an entrepreneur himself. He was the oldest of three children. He had two younger sisters. He was described as someone who did absolutely everything in his power to provide for his family with every possible opportunity to learn, grow, and have fun. So he sounded like one of those people that when he goes in, he's in. Like there's no dipping your toe in, he's all in. So while growing up, he loved watching and playing sports. He was involved in cross country, basketball, baseball, and soccer. And then, of course, he had three boys of his own. He stepped up. He was either the coach or assistant coach to basically any team that they played on. And And that's really, and if I can interject, it's one of my favorite parts of being a dad is being able to help with things, whether it's, you know, helping be a a person on a a field trip at our daughter's, Mm -hmm. you know, school things or being assistant coach on the baseball team. It's like, I just know these times are not going to be here forever. So I make time for those 100%. So that sounds like a good guy. And, you know, what better way to connect with your child than on a shared interest yeah and i've got a picture of me and my son in, in this room right over here just yeah I, I look at it all the time it's me like you know talking to him during baseball and he's little you know now he's like almost my size but yeah it's just uh, those memories you're gonna have forever yeah it's fantastic and he was said said to have cared for each child that he coached not just his own children he wanted the absolute best for all of them Family indicated that when Eric was around, there was never a dull moment. He was always the life of the party. He received the record for the Richens family for most rolls and collisions of motorized vehicles. I don't know if that's exactly a a thing you want to win. No. He also received the award for the most stitches from a single accident when he had gotten 200 stitches in his face. Jeez, that's crazy. Must have had a horrible scar. I imagine it was pretty bad. So Eric was a member of the LDS Church, like you had asked. He served a two-year mission in Mexico City where he learned to speak Spanish fluently. That's interesting that I brought that up earlier in the show. Yes. And ironically, if you're a patron, you heard we did a recent case where it was a girl from Mexico who had come to Utah to learn to speak English. So it was kind of flip-flopped. He went to Mexico to learn to speak Spanish. 
So he received his bachelor's degree from the University of Utah in international studies. Um, quick side note, that is the Utah Utes. Oh. That's their mascot. But okay. go ahead. What's a Ute? Uh, Utah person. Oh, I guess. Okay. okay. So he had a minor in Spanish. He was said to have the perfect combination of business sense and foresight, building a very successful masonry business. He cared about each person that he met. And when someone needed him, he was the person that you can call, you could count on Eric. So when first responders attempted to resuscitate Eric, they asked where his medications were. Because this is a 39-year-old man that's suddenly dying. What happened? Yeah, it doesn't happen all the time. Exactly. I mean, it's similar to the one that you talked about last week where, it, you know, could it be just a, a random death out of nowhere? Maybe, but let's do some investigating. Right. And it this kind of reminds me of the Angela Krug case. You know, she was 43 years old and suddenly is sick and suddenly dying. So they asked where he kept his medications. Corey said she wasn't sure since the maid just puts the medications in random places. And I don't think that's something that a maid would do, but no. that's just well, me. You never know. I mean, that, and that's why it's a really good idea if you do take medications to have them in a shared place. I don't know if you know about my medications. So. You sent me a list of your medications, okay. which is helpful because I know I work in a hospital. When people come in, they want to know what medications they're taking. Just a public service room yeah. announcement. Go exactly. Ahead. So Corey is claiming at this point that Eric had had a previous pain pill addiction while he was in high school. This was many, many years before. Probably something to do with his face and 200 stitches in his face who knows but he had had no substance abuse issues since so we're talking like a good 20 years that there was never drugs involved friends and family would later say that they never noticed any kind of behavior from eric that would lead them to believe that he was actively taking any kind of drugs he was super involved in his family he was super driven in his business no signs whatsoever that he was on anything yeah because usually you can become <clears throat> subdued and you know hard to talk to and just kind of you know close yourself off from the world mm -hmm. So they also found, when the first responders were there, they found no pain pills located in their home. So Corey told investigators that after she had gone to bed, she didn't touch her phone since because she had left it at her bedside table charging. She had left and gone to her son's room and hadn't yet come back in. So the first time she would have touched her phone was to call 911 when she found her husband unresponsive and cold. So, of course, an autopsy was done. This is a 39-year-old man. What happened? A toxicology report came back and showed that Eric had five times the lethal dose of fentanyl in his system. Five times. Fentanyl sucks, man. I like it, 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 just a tiny bit can kill somebody easily, right? Well, they say some forms of fentanyl. Like, didn't somebody drop dead because it was like something she touched had it on there or I something? I hear about that all the time, but yeah, I don't know. So it's it's scary, and you know, here in Florida, there's a major opiate you know epidemic happening. So it's it's a problem. So the medical examiner indicated that this was illicit versus medical grade fentanyl. And based on Eric's stomach contents, the medication was ingested orally. It was not injected. Okay. Well, so, there was that Moscow mule. Yeah. Because of the suspicious circumstances of Eric's death, because of course family is saying absolutely not. There's no way Eric took this fentanyl. So it's an, it's a suspicious death. So investigators obtained a search warrant for the Richens home, as well as any of the electronics within the home. It was discovered that despite what Corey initially told investigators about her lack of phone use, again, phone sitting at the bedside, the phone had been seen to be locked and unlocked multiple times during the period before he died. Uh-oh. And messages had been sent and received and then deleted. The phone also showed movement throughout the house. So, again, you have to realize that cell phones, 
you know, they solve a lot of these cases. Hey, I'm going to say it again. Thank God for dumbasses. Right. Uh, Corey is a dumbass. So Bruce Capes is a friend who had known Eric for 20 years. He was absolutely shocked at the news of his friend's sudden death. Eric was young. He was healthy. He'd often spoken with Eric mostly about hunting, but he'd only met Corey a few times. And it was Bruce's impression that the couple had the perfect little life. And then again, there's Linda King. This is the lady that introduced them. She played matchmaker. So, you know, all of a sudden she's finding out about Eric's sudden death and she's just shocked. So she attended the funeral, and beforehand, she contacted one of Eric's friends to find out what the heck happened. She was told by this friend that Eric had died of a sudden brain aneurysm, because, you know, people are wondering what, what would have happened. Sure. So during the investigation, authorities learned that Corey had several communications with an acquaintance that was going to be, it's going to be identified as CL. So this person had multiple counts of possession of a controlled substance with intent to distribute possession of controlled substance and possession of drug paraphernalia. So this person has a record for, you know, having dealing with drugs. So CL was interviewed by Summit County detectives on May 2nd, 2023. So this is just like maybe 11 days ago. So CL told investigators that sometime between December of 2021 and February of 2022, Corey had texted him and he she asked him for prescription pain medication for one of her investors who had a back injury. CL got some hydrocodone pills from a dealer, and a few days later, he left them at a house that Corey owned and was flipping in Midway, Utah. Corey left CL cash for these pills, and then two weeks later, she's contacting CL again, and this time she's specifically asking for fentanyl. She said she wanted something stronger and asked for some of that Michael Jackson stuff. That's the first person you think of. But wasn't it propofol that he died from yeah no those are two different things oh okay so she probably just didn't know so cl contacted a dealer he gave Corey 15 to 30 fentanyl pills at that time in exchange for 900 dollars. so it's pill form isn't it powder too can it be these i don't know if it's powdered form but i imagine they're mostly in in pill form yeah so that's a lot of money 900 bucks 900 dollars for as little as 15 as as much as 30 wow so this was february 11th 2022 that Corey actually went to cl's home in heber to retrieve the pills so three days later we're now moving on to valentine's day of 2022 and Corey brought Eric a sandwich. He took one bite and immediately broke out in hives. He was having issues breathing. And apparently one of their children had some sort of allergy because their their son had an EpiPen. So Eric ap- actually utilized the EpiPen. He also took Benadryl. He got super tired. He passed out for several hours. Wow. When he woke up enough to, you know, converse, he called his business partner and told his partner that, you know, he was questioning if his wife was poisoned poisoning him how was their relationship Have there's you not about- i searched because again this is all new so everything every shred of information that's out there has just been released you have it all less than a week ago okay. it's all new and they're also trying to hold things closer to the chest because this is going to go to trial ongoing investigation yes it's an ongoing yeah. investigation they need to find an impartial jury yeah. so things are protected sure. so there's not a whole lot of information but you're gonna get to know that it it wasn't a very good situation i can't imagine that so in the fact that he got sick in 
wondered if his wife was poisoning him. I will tell you, if I took a bite of a sandwich that you gave me and I broke out in hives, I would assume there was some sort of ingredients in the food itself. I wouldn't. It would never cross my mind that you poisoned. One hundred percent. I'd be like, I guess I'm allergic to ham. <laughs> I there must be some sort of grain in the spread that yeah. I'm allergic to, right. or a pesticide on the grain, or something. There it, goes mustard. It wouldn't cross my mind that it was something that you put in my food. So the fact that he thought that tells me something's not right. Hmm. So he was suspicious of this. So two weeks later, Corey allegedly contacted CL for another $900 worth of fentanyl pills. So the fentanyl, she tried with the fentanyl in the sandwich first? That's what we're suspecting. Okay. So she already blew 900 bucks. Now she's doing another 900. Now we're doing another 900. Again, about 15 to 30 fentanyl pills. So she contacted the dealer on February 26th of 2022. Corey told her dealer CL to leave the pills at the outdoor fire pit of the home that she owned in Midway. She told CL that she would leave cash in that spot. They were just going to do a little swap So now we're moving on six days later. It's March 4th, 2022, and Eric is no longer with us. Hmm. He has died of a lethal dose of fentanyl. Holy cow, that sucks. Yes. So several family members are telling investigators that they suspected that Corey had something to do with Eric's death. They had he had spoken to several people, his business partner, um, apparently a lawyer, his family that he suspected that if something happened to him to look at Corey. Man, that's a horrible situation to be in. Very. It's it's terrible. And how many kids? Three kids? Three. Mm. And they're young. Yeah. They're like 10 and under. Uh. So family indicated that Eric stayed with Corey for the sake of the children. He did not want them to grow up in a broken home. He was trying to protect the family. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. It's like, all right, we're going to try to make it through until they're out of the house and then we'll get a divorce. Right. And the way that I see it is obviously they fell in love. They got married. They built a life together. You know, what the hell happened in, in the midst of that? I don't know. But he you got to figure Corey's blanking somebody. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. So actually moving on to that now, Eric had also suspected that Corey was having an affair throughout their nine year marriage and suspected that she was actively cheating on him right before he passed away. So throughout the nine year marriage, throughout the nine year marriage, he had a suspicions. Again, it's very vague information that's out there right now. And you said there's nothing really about Corey's background either. So you don't know what she's been up to in the past and stuff. No, there's literally just that he suspected what have they found? on her phone because we all know that there's going to be emails there's going to be texts and communications if she was having an active affair yeah. the the information's not there to specify why he felt she was cheating we yeah. don't know and what really sucks is the entire time that they were married he was thinking that yeah there's this might be something going on yeah it's sad so one of eric's sisters said that a few years before um, Eric had called her. He was vacationing with his wife in Greece. He said that they were just hanging out and Corey had given him a drink. And after he had drank it, he had gotten violently ill. Oh, my God, man. Does every single husband listening to this now is going to be like, man, I better watch my drinks. I mean, I should hope not. Well, I'm not. I don't worry about you. And if I die, I die. It's fine. There, that's nice, Mike. Yeah. So, you know, this was several years before. It said a few years. They didn't specify what year. So... This had been going on for some time that there was this like lack of trust and to think that you your wife would be capable of killing you. And you also look at things because you mentioned that the that friend Bruce thought that they had a perfect marriage, you mm-hmm. know, because obviously they're able to afford to go to Greece, you know, together. And sometimes we look at people and we're like, man, I'm jealous because, you know, you know, that's a $10,000 trip or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So it's like, 
and I wish I could do that. But in the meantime, you've got a freaking wife trying to kill the husband. Sure. You don't know what's going on in people's lives. We always say social media only puts its best face forward. No one ever knows what's going on underneath the surface. So Eric had a joint life insurance policy with his business partner. Aye, aye, aye. This is Cody Wright, and they ran C&E stonemasonry together. So before Eric died, he removed Corey from his will and his life insurance. He replaced Corey with his sister, and he was actually taking the first steps to move towards divorce. I guess it was getting bad enough that he couldn't handle it any longer. Wow. So he had just started to think about it and move towards this process. He specifically indicated that he wanted his kids to be taken care of. He transferred their family home, all personal property and his share of the masonry business into a trust. Eric had expressed to two family members that he felt that Corey might kill him for the money specifically stating that. So he's trying to get rid of the reasons Corey might kill him. Yes. And meanwhile, living in the same house as this chick. Yes. And uh, thank God he got her off of it. I mean, I, you don't want somebody that does this kind of stuff to be rewarded. So he's making all these decisions, making these changes. He really wanted to make sure that if something happened to him, which is so crazy to think about. That you would stick in this situation. Like, this is where I kind of think that sometimes religion gets a little bit too preachy. Like, I was following this dude on Twitter who's like, you know what, no matter what, you got to be able to figure out your marriage for your kid's sake because your know, kids don't want need to be in a broken home. It's like, you know what, get him enough help and stuff and kids will be fine you know i mean it's not ideal but you it's better than being in a house where your parents hate each other because right. then like years later they're gonna be like i wish they would have just gotten a divorce well not only that but it could teach them to model unhealthy behaviors 100%. in relationships yeah so there's a lot of cases where i think divorce is for the best like you said it's a toxic environment when mom and dad hate each other yeah you know it's it's not a good place to raise a family odds are there's more fights and stuff either more fights or they don't talk at all and it's like either way that's horrible to show your kids right and they didn't talk a lot about eric's religion so i don't know how involved he was in the church at this point in time he may have been he may i don't know whatever but regardless he was moving towards divorce so religion or not he was going to step in that direction so the search warrant that was ended up being obtained noted that in january of 2022 Corey allegedly logged into the insurance policy that um he had a business with his business partner so she logged in she actually changed and updated the policy agreement to make herself the sole beneficiary how do they know it was her because I it was after he was dead or no? no, no, this is January of 2022. This is months before he was killed. So this information's out there, but we don't know exactly how we know it's her. Maybe it was her login or it, something. Maybe it was her login. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know if she ended up talking to somebody on there. But regardless, because it was changed, the insurance company reached out to Eric and Cody to let them know that this had been done. Eric immediately went back in. He changed it back to as it was before. And then changed his passwords. And he's like, nope, nice try. Yeah. So this was what, January? So three months before he died. God, that sucks so bad to like, I'm trying to picture from like, you know, Eric's parents' side or whatever, Eric's family, sisters, you know, just like, oh my God, this was going on. And Mm -hmm. like, uh, we could have like stopped her somehow. I just wish we could have. Right. And he's obviously a very smart and successful guy. I mean, he's, he's certainly not dumb. It's just, he sadly married the devil in my opinion. Mm. So warrants indicate that Corey learned that she'd been cut out of the will, not before he died. She did not know that. 
She found out during a gathering at the family home on March 5th, 2022, the day after Eric passed away. Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, that that absolutely sucks for Eric. Obviously. Well, thank, of course. You know, Eric, I, I can't I can't say enough to Eric's family. I wish he was safe. Oh, but, it's tragic. Oh, my God. To, like, be able to see her face, to be oh. told, oh, you're, no, no, you're not on the well. She'd be like, what? You just see her face. Oh, oh I'd I, pay good money to see I that. I thought the exact same thing. Oh. I mean, what a horrible human being. So she's hosting this gathering, and up until that point, it was her understanding that she would gain control of their estate, which was valued at over $3.6 million. Before his death, Eric and Corey had been arguing over a $2 million property that Corey wanted to purchase to flip, but Eric thought it was far too expensive. He did not want to do it. So this property is a 22,800 square foot mansion that has a 3,000 square foot guest house on the property. It's like an expansive amount of land. It's absolutely beautiful. You have a mountain in the backyard. It's incredible. So yes. So she wanted to purchase this. It's between Midway and Heber City, Utah. So the house had been sitting unfinished for more than five years. It was first constructed in 2017 with the intent of being used as a communal space for rent and usage, though all work and construction on the house stopped at the end of 2019 and it just sat there. I guess a lot of people that lived in the area felt like it was an eyesore because it was just sitting there. So, you know, Corey wanted to buy this. So the house was initially valued at $7.6 million. And family told police that Eric was going to tell Corey that they're not purchasing this home. This is actually the purchase that Corey told police that they were celebrating the night that he died. So this is where, oh, I made him a Moscow mule. We were celebrating. You know, we had closed on this deal. So the day after Eric died, Corey signed the closing papers for this home. Again, she is under the impression that she's, she's got the money. money. Yeah. So this same day, she invited friends over for what was described as a large party at her home where she was drinking and celebrating. How messed up is it to have a party at your home where your husband was just found dead the the morning before? I mean, you're living a completely different life than the rest of the world, basically. You're like, (laughs) hello, sweetheart, your your husband just died. And uh, supposedly not from you, but here we are celebrating something. How? I mean, anybody in their right mind would not be able to go on with that after losing their loved one. If you call, if a person called me and said, hey, you want to come over to my house to celebrate? I just closed this awesome deal. I'd be like, your husband has been dead for like 24 hours. You think they're out of their mind. You're like, you need to maybe just settle down. I'm not going to come over. You just be by yourself or Ugh. I'll come over and we can talk or whatever. Like you're clearly not thinking straight. I mean, I just thought that was insane. Not so. to mention there are states where 3.6 and she thought she was going to buy a house at 7.6 million. No, that initial when it was first built, yeah. that was the value. She bought it for 2 million. Still, I mean, why blow all your estate on a Because house? Her, her plan was to flip it. She was going to make oh, money in sure, this. Sure, sure. So um, she's having this party, and then the search warrant goes on to say that she assaulted Eric's sister, who showed up at the house. At this point, Corey had no idea that she had been replaced by Eric's sister in the will. So now she's finding out that Eric's sister is in charge of the estate, 
which is now making Corey financially unstable. So the rug got pulled out from under her. Um, hopefully the kids are taken away from her as well, because obviously she's unstable. Did they know this at the time? Like They were still, you know, figuring everything out at this point. Oh, gosh, poor kids. So documents indicate that Corey asked Eric's sister to leave her home to give her time and space to grieve the passing of her husband. Uh, meaning I'm going to try to figure out how to kill you or try to get my name back on that. Thing. Right. Well, watch out. So despite Corey's requests, his sister refused to leave and began threatening and verbally accosting Corey. Oh, God, I'd rip her face off if yeah. I was that sister. No kidding. So two weeks after Eric died, Corey put the home back online with an asking po- price of now $4.8 million. So she's trying to like more than double what she just purchased it for. Yeah, nobody's going to do that. Which, why would it be doubled? You didn't do anything to it. Yeah. So the whole point is, at the time she purchased the house, it was all constructed, but it was very much unfinished. So whoever was buying it had to put in the touches to finish it. And it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Like the structure itself was there, but sure. that's it. So it, it needed a lot of work. So I don't know why she would have thought she would have gone from $2 million to almost $5 million. Maybe she's a realtor. She thought she'd market it like yeah. internationally or some crap. Who knows? And, and you know, she was. So. And she's a psychopath. So who knows what's going on in her mind? I basically took a virtual tour of this house. It has eight bedrooms, 11 and a half baths, an indoor pool, a golf simulator, a rock climbing wall, a full-size volleyball court. I mean, it's insane. So on March 28th, 2022, a few weeks after Eric's death, Corey sued Eric's sister for control over the estate, claiming that the prenup entitled entitled her to the family home, money, and other assets. So they signed this prenup on June 15th, 2013, when they were going to be getting married. Um, it was signed and stipulated that upon Eric's death, the majority of the assets would go to Corey. The decision about the prenup was influenced by Eric. He, I guess he had been previously married and divorced. And his first wife, Julie, uh, he got married to in 2005. She tragically died in a car accident in 2011. So I don't know if it was like, hey, things happen in life, even when it's not expected, whatever. But I guess that that's just a little side note there. Well, yeah, he realized something could happen to either mm-hmm. one of them. May as well get this in, in writing. Right. So in her lawsuit, Corey claimed... Uh, her entitlement to the money and also accused Eric of trying to deceive her by making changes without her knowledge. She also demanded $300,000 for the unjust enrichment of the trustees. Eric's sister responded to the lawsuit by mentioning that there's a homicide case potentially going on here. Hey, um, just so you know, I don't know if you remember, but you may have killed my brother. Mm -hmm. So let's just let that settle. Let's let that simmer a little bit here. Oh my so gosh. in April of 2023, just last month, Corey did an interview with the show Good Things Utah, as well as KPCW to promote a book that she published on March 7th, 2023, almost a year to the day that Eric died, because he died March 4th of 2022. This book is being published March 7th of this year, 2023. And these assholes are having her on their show. Yeah, to nobody this? knows anything. Oh, nobody so knows. Wait, so this is all under the rug, like nothing. Nothing. So, okay. She's this. We don't know she's about this fentanyl. tragic widow. I listened to her interview. So this fentanyl thing like just came out. This all just came out. Wow. And I mean, I'm sure the family was given the details about what the cause of death was. I don't know how long a toxicology report takes. X weeks, maybe. Yeah. So, no, I'm sure the family has known about this fentanyl thing for more than a year. But in the meantime, Corey's parade- parading around she's town. She's parading as the grieving widow. Uh. So, she's writing a book, and that's why she's being interviewed on these shows. 
So she made a book called or published a book called Are You With Me? And dedicated her book to her husband that says to my amazing husband and wonderful father. So during her interview, she explains that she and her kids wrote the book on the different emotions that you can experience during the grieving process. And her goal was to help other kids deal with the loss of a loved one. She explained that the year without Eric had been difficult, but she found the writing process to be therapeutic. Corey, in her interview, is saying that, you know, the nighttime reading is a big part of her 10, 9, and 6-year-old boys' lives, and when she was looking into purchasing a children's book, to, you know, discussing grief, she really didn't find one rel- relevant to what she was looking for, so she said, hey, why not just write a book myself? So she said she also hoped that the process of writing the book would be, you know, helpful in finding her own children peace. Translation is, I found out I wasn't getting a piece mm-hmm. of my husband's uh, fortune, so I needed to make some money, so I'm going to try to make money off his death. Shit, I got to make some money here. Yeah. So she said that she always makes sure that her husband's spirit is kept alive in her home. So this is very eerie to listen to because this was just a month ago that she's talking like this, and now all of a sudden, everyone is hearing that this psychopath is now under, you know, arrest. Investigation and, it, and yes. all that stuff and had purchased fentanyl several times. Yes. Ooh, I mean, this one's hook, line, and sinker. Yes. So um, she had said that just because he's not present here with us physically, it does not mean that his presence isn't actually here with us. So during the interview, she indicated a plan to publish sequels. The next title in the works was Mom, How Far Away is Heaven? And this book she had in the works to like literally come out within the next month or so. So she said that this was a book for young girls struggling with the grief and husbands also struggling with, you know, the loss of their wives. So she was going to make like a whole bunch of sequels on this spinoff. Yeah. So on Friday, May 5th, so just, you know, X days ago, what, somewhere around less than 10 days ago, Corey posted a reel on Facebook of her and Eric, and she wrote, Life is just so damn hard without you here. The cards I have been dealt just seem like a game that can't be played. So she's like posted pictures and stuff like that. So while Corey continued to build a name for herself as a grieving widow and new author, obviously she's trying to promote her book, police continued to build their case against her for murder. On just this past Monday, May 8th, 2023, 33-year-old Corey was arrested and charged with one first-degree felony count of aggravated murder, as well as three second-degree felony counts of possession with intent to distribute of controlled substance. Her detention hearing is set for May 19th, 2023. A judge is considering if she's a flight risk or an ongoing threat to the community and deciding if she should be held in jail while this criminal case is pending. I'd say yes, absolutely. I, I mean, it, but. I I don't know if she would be at risk of hurting Eric's family, yeah. the sisters. I don't know. She's capable of anything, man. You don't want if, to think not. And then all of a sudden something happens. killing her own kids or something like she's a psychopath this woman is exceptionally unstable if you could kill your husband and like put out a book about grief like you have no soul now you know i i'm interested to hear a lot of the things that have happened you know i'm sure she's going to say a lot of things i don't know yeah i don't want to get too far into it because we're going to hear a lot more coming up here but man i would just be worried about her her kids number one obviously and then the family of eric Right. I would, too. And I don't know if they let her out of jail. I, I, I don't know. Would they let the kids stay with her? That's another. I don't know. I, 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 I truly not. don't know. There's there's really, again, every article just came out. Yeah. 
X days ago because wow, this all just dropped. So keep uh, keep us updated, I guess. Huh? Yeah, and it's just so sad because Eric just sounded like such an incredible guy, just so much fun, so actively involved in his family's lives, this kid's lives, and just wanted to stick it out for the sake of his children. And I... You got to be a little careful in case he may have not have been the perfect guy either. You never know. I'm only going by the things I've heard. Right, right. You so, know, I don't know anything other. I don't but. know that he's not. I, you know, you're just, just being a little cautious. That's all. But it sounds like Corey sucks. Well, she, terrible. you know, the, what was husband. the motive? Yeah. She thought she was going to get their $3.6 million plus dollar estate and yeah. their money and stuff like that. And this huge stupid house that nobody needs for their fo- like the family of five. Well, four. Well, I don't know that she wanted to buy oh, that. Ha- she wanted to flip it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just, you know, it is mind boggling to me how you could possibly be so selfish to kill your children's father for money. Uh, like our good friends say, "Till death do us part," and there's always divorce. Right? So, yeah, you know, that's. Uh, I guess she wanted the money. I, maybe the the house was it. Just like you know, he said no, he didn't want to buy the house. So I'm going to kill him and buy it with the fortune. Yeah, maybe. That's psycho. Gosh. So it's very sad, and and I'm sorry for Eric and his family. Um, and hopefully justice will be served. Yeah, ideally. Well, so that is the sad story of the murder of Eric Richens, and we'll just have to keep our ears open for how all of this unfolds once it does go to trial. Well, thanks for bringing that to our attention. And if you enjoyed enjoyed today's episode, we've got over twenty other episodes available for you. Yes, you. Uh, if you go to our show notes and click uh, Patreon, become a patron. I want to say thank you and welcome to our uh, second. You hear that motorcycle in the background? Yeah, it's, if you hear it, it's a motorcycle. Yeah, we want to say thank you and welcome to samantha and justine welcome to the crime and coffee couple club awesome. we appreciate you yeah absolutely and, uh, yeah come be a, a patreon and uh go ahead and buy some merch we got some show notes in there go buy our, our t-shirt or sweatshirt probably t-shirt summertime yeah go ahead and treat yourself you absolutely. deserve it you work hard so uh hey until next time all right until next time bye, bye.